Hey everybody, this is Della Ren. You're listening to Spirituality Unpacked, the show where we understand ourselves and each other better by getting out of our heads and freeing ourselves to live lives we love. Hey folks, it's Della. Welcome to, welcome back to Spirituality Unpacked. I hope you are doing well today. So I want to talk a little bit about living the life you want versus living the life that you feel like you need to, because there's a big difference in those things. And it's something that comes up sometimes. Sometimes on Mondays, I post about, do you like today, <laughs> right? Do you, do you get up and do you dread Monday morning? And I know it's Thursday, but the idea is the same. Have you spent this week being miserable going to your daily job and waiting for evenings and weekends to enjoy your life. Even if you're not necessarily on a Monday to Friday routine, maybe you work Tuesday to Saturday or Wednesday to Sunday, or maybe you got Tuesday and Wednesday off. Do you get to enjoy your day? Or are you miserable? So when we think about this idea of work, when we think about this idea of work, we think about the need behind the work, right? So what's the point of working? Well, I need to pay for a house. I need to pay for food. Maybe I need to pay for some sort of transportation, car, bus, what have it, what have you. I need to buy clothes. I, I, need, I need to buy things. So when we think about work, we're really only considering the practical side of reality. We don't, we don't spend a lot of time considering what we want to do in terms of actual enjoyment. And usually when you say, when we, when people say, do something you love, what, where's the first thing you go? You go to what I love isn't practical. And that lands you in a place where you end up taking that job that you don't necessarily want because you think you have to, right? So I remember um, Jim Carrey uh, doing a speech at a grad and, and he was talking about his father taking a very practical job, a safe job as an accountant, even though he really wanted to be a comedian. And of course, as life goes, right, he got laid off from that quote unquote safe job, right? And life became very difficult for a while. The idea of safety in that job, the idea of that practical job, was enough to get him to do it. But the reality was it was no more safe or practical than anything else he could have done in his life. It was just simply a way to bring in an income. So I've created a life for myself at this point that I really only do what I want in a given day. So when I get up on Monday or Tuesday or Thursday or Saturday even, I really only end up doing those things that I, that I want to do. My life is now about recording podcasts and writing blogs and writing books and sharing, sharing these ideas with people. That's what my life is about. So it, it's only things that I want. 
I've taken out a lot of the stuff, right? So I have I have a, a kid that's homeschooled. And but I like doing that, right? So that's the, that's the teacher in me. I'm a teacher by trade. So I enjoy teaching him, right? My oldest is in college, so she doesn't need as much help, right? I really only do things in my life that I want, right? And that serve a bigger purpose that are more than just me and survival, right? And I, I, for years, I had a lot of fear around that idea of survival. I was panicked and paranoid about survival. Survival was the reason to, to work. It was for survival, right? Um, and, and I'm, I want to say that for me, teaching, teaching was sort of twofold. Teaching was the practical government job with benefits. I'm in Canada, so it's a little better paid here. It's better. It's a better job here. It, it served the practical purpose. It, it was the union job with the government job with benefits kind of thing. And it was close to what I wanted, but it wasn't what I really wanted. So I, I wrote this in a blog actually not very long ago that teaching for me became people were always captive audiences, right? So when you teach grade school, obviously the kids are there because they have to be. When I was doing corporate training, people were taking those jobs because they felt like they had to. So the, the audience was still captive. And even when I switched to teaching computers, it was still somewhat of a captive audience. People were there because their employers were requiring them to use computers. It was, it was early enough in the, <laughs> in, in, in the world of, of the internet and the age of the internet and the age of, of computers that, that employers were still, you know, buying computers. They were still sort of switching over kind of thing. They, they were still getting to that place. So they were starting to require their employees to learn to use computers. So the audience was, was captive even then. So my audience, even teaching computers, was mostly captive. People weren't necessarily, <clears throat> and still don't to this day, voluntarily learn how to use a computer. They do it because they want to. They do it because they need to, you see. And I, I, I taught computers and I learned to use computers because I wanted to. There, there was no, I didn't need it. I wanted to. And, and so that was the difference is, is I was there by choice and everybody around me seemed to be doing it out of necessity. So the work for me became figuring out what I could do that would give me an audience that wasn't captive. <laughs> what, what could I offer teach do where people had the choice and there wasn't going to be anybody outside of them making them do it. What were the options for that, right? And in the, in the practical reality, in all of the things that were sort of possibilities for me to teach, like computers, right? So, so the really, the really formal structured kind of stuff, 
there were minimal things, whether it was language, even that was sort of out of necessity, right? Uh, moving to Canada, to you have to learn, you need to learn English to to sort of function in the world, right? Even that's out of necessity because they'd probably rather not learn English, even though even though they're here. It it's it's that kind of stuff, right? So everything was kind of everything I came up with was was sort of learning out of necessity instead of need. And it wasn't until I had that what we call awakening moment where and 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 I started to go through that experience where tarot then became an option for me. And tarot was something that people were doing because they wanted to. Nobody was going to make them. <laughs> A lot of people were sort of undercover with it because family and friends weren't necessarily accepting of it, but at least they were doing it because they wanted to. Suddenly the audience wasn't, wasn't captive anymore. And what I found with that, even though my audience at the time was really, really tiny, was that it was far more fulfilling to me than teaching things that people felt they needed to learn. And so what I've done over time, as this whole thing has evolved, is my work has definitely become something people do because they want, not because they have to. And that's not to say it's not challenging, right? And if they do feel like they have to, it's because they feel like they're stuck, right? They feel trapped in the, in the circumstance that they're in in the present. So the, the have to comes from the need for change. They're pushing themselves forward. It's a, it's a different thing than feeling like you have to because your employer is going to fire you if you don't learn how to use the computer and how to send an email, right? It, it's, a, it's a different thing. It's a very different thing. But all of that to get back to this idea of need and want. Do I need to do this or do I want to do it? And when you get up in the morning, as, as you move through your day, with every task that you take on, ask yourself, do I need to do this thing or do I want to do this thing? Right? And there may be things in your day that you need to do, you know, like you might have to vacuum, you might have to clean the toilet or, you know, mop the floor. Those things may be in need mode a little bit, right? But some of you may actually enjoy cleaning. There, there may be, there may be a, I enjoy this cleaning thing, so <laughs> I do it because I want to. But what are, how much of your day is need and how much of your day is want? The majority of your day should be in the category of want and not need. The majority of your day should be spent doing things that you enjoy. And that includes your work. You should want to do your work. You should want to do your job. And if you don't want to do your job, then you need to find a new job. Right? How much of your day is need and how much of your day is want? And it's okay to have a couple of things in your day that you need to get done. That's fine. But the vast majority of your, of your day 
should be doing things you want to do because you've created a life for yourself that offers you some sort of fulfillment. The goal here is that we create that balance. When you have kids and things are going on, yes, there are priorities. There are things that, that need to get done in a day, right? You can't, you can't ignore your three-year-old. I, I get that. But find reasons to want to do things, to do the things that you have to do. How much of your day is obligated out to other people, right? It's, it's one thing when you have little kids at home, but how much of your day is obligated out to other people outside of small children at home? How much, how much of your day is it revolves around doing things for others instead of doing things for yourself? Do you have a balance there? Have you created that balance for yourself? And if you haven't, what's stopping you? Because everything that stops you here when I ask you those questions and, and immediately your mind goes to, but I can't, but I need the money. Those, those excuses, those things is all just fear. It's all the mind putting up the wall in front of you, which is don't change. But you can't make yourself happy if you don't change. You have to give yourself permission to change. You have to give yourself permission to move out of this state of, I just have to do all these things. We have to get out of the fear of creating a life that we want. We're worried about saying no. We worry about looking for that new job. We worry about doing all of those things. We worry about starting the side hustle even. We worry about all of those things. Because they're new and they're different. But as I've said many times before, the cold pool isn't that cold. <laughs> you got to be okay with jumping. And the stoppage comes from the idea that it's easier to stay where I am than it is to change. So the question I ask every single time is how much pain do you need to be in before you do something different? Right? Sometimes people realize they need to change, but there's no real pain where they are. They're not particularly uncomfortable yet. And I'm like, do you want to wait for the hammer? Do you want to wait for, for the pain? Do you want to hang around and find out? Do you want to see if that actually happens? <laughs> Does that sound like a good idea? Right? We can wait for it. You can wait and see if it starts to cause you pain. You can wait for the pain to show up. Or you can just do the thing beforehand and then not have to ever deal with the pain. Those are, those are choices. We, we make those choices. It's about what's important to you, right? People stay where they are because they're comfortable. And then, and then the pain hits. And it's like they knew they should have done that thing, but they didn't do it because they weren't uncomfortable enough yet. But do you see there how you create your own pain? You could have done it from a place where you were comfortable, where things were okay. You chose not to. You didn't make it a priority because you weren't uncomfortable. You didn't make it a priority because it didn't seem important yet. 
It wasn't important until you became uncomfortable. But what if you just did things from that place of comfort? What if when you got the idea, you didn't wait for something to smack you on the head before you, di before you did it? What if you just did it anyway? What if life didn't have to be waiting for, waiting for the pain? <laughs> what if life didn't have to be the adventure of waiting for pain? What if you had the ability to just follow the intuition from your place of reasonably comfortable? What if you could do that instead? And what if that offered you more happiness than the other way? Right? You see, it's not that we have to go through the pain because we don't. The reason why we think we have to go through the pain is because we only do things from pain. Because somewhere along the line, we get taught that we're not supposed to fix things that aren't broken. So as long as I'm comfortable, I don't need to change it. That's what that means, right? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. What is that? That is, if it's comfortable, then I don't change it. Because if I change it, or if I try to fix something that isn't broke it, I might break it, <laughs> right? It's, that, it's the fear of breaking something that wasn't broken to start with. That line comes from a place of fear. That line comes from this idea that if I don't touch it, and it's okay if I don't move it, if I don't pick it up, if I don't look at it the wrong way, if I don't breathe on it the wrong way, that it will just stay that way and I won't have to worry about it. It's that idea. It comes from a place of fear that doesn't allow us to trust ourselves and make change for the simple fact that we want to make the change. It doesn't allow us to pick up that toaster that isn't broken and decide to open it up and see what's inside because we want to. Not because it's broken, but just because we want to rip it open and see what it does. We want to figure out how it works. We're doing it for a different reason. We're doing it for the idea of enjoyment and exploration instead of only for the purposes of trying to fix it because it's broken. And then trusting that we have the ability to put it back together again and that it will actually work after we put it back together again. Trusting ourselves to not break it. Trusting ourselves to not wreck it. You see, you get to have a good life, but the way you have a good life is by actually messing with things that aren't broken with the sole goal of making it better than it was with the sole goal of improvement not just fixing broken things but actually creating improvement when we're constantly in that place of responding and reacting because we only wait we only do things from pain we only wait for pain and we only do things from pain. We never really get to build on and create the life we want that way. 
Once we're comfortable, we stay there and we try to hold it in place for as long as we possibly can. But that doesn't allow us to build a life that we actually want. It keeps us stuck and in fear. In fear of breaking it. Because we haven't yet learned to trust ourselves. To make things better, to improve on it. And if there's one thing that I've been doing over the last 12, 12 months, 18 months, I don't even know how long it's been anymore. Time is, time is strange. I keep improving on what I've been doing. You keep watching me shift over and over and over and over and over again. I get an idea and I follow it. I get an idea. I follow it. I get an idea. I follow it over and over and over again. And it's not really that any of the things that I was doing were broken, necessarily. They weren't actually broken. There was nothing wrong with anything that I was doing. Nothing was broken. I was simply trying to improve on what I'd already done. The original idea of just offering tarot readings and psychic readings, there was nothing wrong with that idea. It wasn't a broken idea. The idea of offering courses or, or um, offering one-to-one sessions with people and doing private coaching, there's nothing wrong with that idea. It's not a broken idea. It just wasn't for me. So my job was to improve on it and figure out what was for me. Those ideas weren't bad, right? The whole thing has been about me being willing to take something that really isn't broken, exam- open it up, examine it, figure out how it works, figure out whether it's useful to me, and then improve on it and make it better. Right? Make the coffee maker perk the coffee faster, right? It's that. How do I improve on what I already have? It's not because anything's been broken. Right? The thing that was broken, the original reason we started all of this, was me, right? And I I get the whole thing, we're whole and all that. I, I understand that. But I was a walking train wreck. I was a disaster when I started this process. So the thing that I needed to actually fix was myself. But you see, I didn't stop when I got comfortable. <laughs> right? I didn't stop when I got comfortable. I kept going. I've kept improving on that level of comfort that I found, right? I got to a place where I have no fear of this concept of self-improvement anymore. I'm not afraid of it. I do it because I do it because I wouldn't do anything else. That's why I do it, right? I'm no longer afraid of improving on what I already have. I'm just going to continue to make it better and better and better and better. And the way I actually correct things 
that I still want to change in my life is not by directly fixing those things, but by actually continuing the self-improvement process that I'm in. So now I just continue on. I don't stop anymore, right? I am completely unafraid of the process that I take on now and that I do every day. Right? There, there is no change that I won't make anymore, right? So, so the latest one was, has been to back off of Facebook. Now that's something that took a heck of a long time to get to. I had accepted Facebook as the, as the necessary struggle in business, right? <laughs> it, was, it was something that just, it was just the way it needed to be right? It's sort of like, well, I need to keep the chair in the, in the house because you never know when you're going to need a chair, right? It's that. I, I need to keep this broken thing because I never know, right? I need to keep this thing. I never know whether it's going to, whether, whether I'm going to need it or not, right? But what if I don't? And I'm no longer afraid. So now it's like, okay, I'll turf Facebook, <laughs> right? Because I'm no longer afraid of the what if. Right? I'm no longer bothered by that. I'm happy to move to a different platform where I really don't have a following and almost completely start again. But from a place of knowing what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and how to do it and what I want to do and all of those things. Now I'm in this place where everything that I do is because I want to do it, not because I have to do it. I can go pick up a new platform and essentially just start again, but start from this really stable place of knowing exactly what I'm doing and who I am and why I'm here. And Facebook then just became this sort of sandbox for me to play in for a long time where I had a few people that were following me that were interested in what I was doing and why I was doing it. Right. But really the whole point of the, the thing was the experiment of figuring out what I was doing and why I was doing it and what it needed to look like. So the end of the experiment has been reached. I no longer need to play in the sandbox anymore. Now I can go build the platform. And that's where I'm at. That's, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. Now I'll go build the platform. And that's a very, very different thing from the reason why I started with Facebook in the first place. I started from where I was with what I knew. Facebook was the platform. And now I'm starting again with what I know in a very different place on very different platforms, doing very different things. And I'm excited about what that journey offers. So all of this really long-winded conversation about me and my life and all the things is the difference between need and want and finding the balance in your life so that the majority of your life is doing the thing that you want to do, not doing things that you have to do. 
and making that okay for yourself and being willing to fix it even if it isn't broken. Being willing to change it even if it isn't broken. So that we don't have to wait for pain. So that we don't have to wait for problems. We can do things before we get there. There's benefit in doing that. It allows you to stop reacting to your reality all the time. It gets you out of that constant state of just reacting and fixing problems every day. It breaks the habit of fixing problems and allows you to simply improve on where you already are. It's a very, very different energy. The energy is far more beneficial and allows you to make better choices because you're no longer making your choices from pain. So I challenge you to sit down with a pen and paper and write down everything you do in a day into one of two columns. I do it because I need to, or I do it because I want to. Where is the balance? Everything that you do in a day, is it a need or a want? Write it down. And then see how out of balance your life is and figure out where you can begin to make change for yourself. Even small, small baby steps in the right direction can make a big difference in your life. Trust me on that because that's where I started. Small, tiny, little baby steps because I was terrified of everything. That's how I started. And you can too. And eventually you'll get, you'll get to where I am and you're like, I don't care, whatever. Here's a cliff. Let's jump. <laughs> right? And you don't even look. And it's that. You'll get there. It just takes some time. All right? Let me know how that goes for you. If you write those lists, let me know how it goes for you. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast episode. This has been Della with Spirituality Unpacked. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. I would really, really, really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. Have a good one. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody. You have just been listening to Spirituality Unpacked with Della Ren. Subscribe to my podcast on iTunes or Spotify, and don't miss new episodes every Monday and Thursday. Talk to you then.